Thank you, Lord, that um, you have conquered the grave. Uh, we can just rest in that assurance tonight. How wonderful, how powerful, how humbling it is if we just try to grasp the depth of that. And Lord, tonight I just ask as we focus on you, as we, as we pray, as we hear your word, draw us to you, Lord. We honor you in Jesus' name. a good evening and thankful that the rain has stopped. What a blessing that is. We, uh, how many of you were here Sunday? Did you have a blessed time? Amen. Amen. Well, our prayer list, we lost a church member, Dixie Harris passed away. And uh, got to visit with her son tomorrow. And we will know a little bit more when we might have her memorial service. So just remember her family. And uh, just uh, thank you for continuing to pray for me. George Ingram, Dr. Ingram, not doing well. Gary Branscombe is at home. Norma Terman, I think, is getting a little better. So we'll continue to pray for Norma, Sarah Harbor, Becky Giltner. Had a chance to visit with her yesterday. Sandy and I did, and she's improving. Phyllis Turner. Oh, Phyllis had some bad days, so we need to remember Phyllis. Joe Teague, Betty Teague. She had her surgery. Got to visit with her. she and Barton yesterday, and she's having quite a bit of pain, but but uh, healing process has begun. Uh, Lynn Romine, I think, is doing better. Larry Smith asked us to continue to pray for him. Kathy and Coy Stone from Viola. Mer okay. Better now? Good. Yeah. Mary Jo Pate, and she's really not doing well, so just remember that family as well. Bob and Lenora visited them yesterday at Mountain Home, and they're just slowly going down. Mike Beam and Jeff Harlow, excuse me, almost sneezed. And what about Stanley? Doing better, all right. And uh, Kylie Ray Smith. Boyd Higginbotham and really need to pray for the entire family don't we uh, Nathan Champ Brandon too any new updates okay okay Wendell Sharp Cameron Brown Joyce Wood 
Paul Fulfer. I went to see Paul yesterday. He must have been having a better day because they, they were gone and they may have been down at the senior center. I'm not sure. But uh, that was, they were? Okay. Betty Campbell. Kelly. Gotcha. We'll keep praying that all would go well. And Debbie Cohn needs our prayer. She's always in pain with her arthritis, so just remember her. And uh, Lori Shipman, son-in-law Nick. I don't see Lori tonight. Uh, Donald and Joyce Ward, Sandra Foster, Kevin Steed, Michael Gerber, Brutus Eagle Bear. Katie Pitti, Amy Wiles, Laura Welch, she church member with the hospitalized with pneumonia. Did she get out? Or she tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. Pray for our Juanas. We're coming to the end of the year. Just a couple more Juana uh, Wednesdays, and those kiddos will be scattered this summer. So just uh, pray for them. We give thanks for the, all the leaders in the Juana and the workers and cooks and the servers and just everybody that, that uh, has a job. Our youth, remember them in prayer, our Sunday services, our country, and uh, how many unspoken requests we have? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot around the room and of course the, the war that's going on that's just so uh, discouraging and, and so sad and we just need to, to remember A lot of uh, innocent people have been slaughtered, and it's just incredible. On May 1st, there will be an ice cream social following Sunday morning service. If you have an ice cream maker and would like to make some ice cream, please do. We'll provide hamburgers and hot dogs as well, so should be a good time. Any other requests? Prayer request. Yes, ma'am. what? Cabot, okay. And when is that, Claudia? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. All right. Again, thanks for being here tonight. And let's just see what the Lord's going to be up to. And 
so thankful for the many blessings that we have in our lives and all the things that he's done for us. So lead us in prayer, brother. still are on our study of uh, the demons, the angels, that we are on demons presently, and uh, we should finish, if not, well, probably, probably uh, next week, well, actually I'll be gone next Wednesday, so we won't finish next Wednesday, but maybe the following Wednesday we'll finish this particular doctrinal study. And uh, tonight I want to talk about the characteristics of demons. And uh, <clears throat> there's so many different ways that we've looked at, at the angels, those that are still in heaven, and those may need to turn me down. Am I a little hot? Does that sound a little okay? Is that better? Okay. Uh, it's too low now? Need to turn it up just a fraction, sorry. Uh, uh, anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about about uh, the fallen demons tonight and the characteristics of those. And the first thing I want to share with you is they are spirit beings. Now, when we say spirit beings, what we're saying is they don't have flesh and blood like we have flesh and blood. They are in the spiritual realm. And, and when you think of angels and demons, the demonic, you, you think of, as the Lord tells us, they're, they're here, we just don't have the ability to see them. And if we could, it would probably scare us to death. But in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 2, it said, Paul says, "...in which you once walked according to the course of this world." And that's the world system he's talking about there. "...according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons." of disobedience. So Paul is sharing that the, the spirit, they are spirit beings, and we with our fleshly eyes can't see them. And who remembers the Old Testament story about uh, Elijah and, and his servant? And uh, they're surrounded. Remember the story? They're surrounded by the enemy. And uh, Gehazi's servant can't do anything except fear. And the Lord, he, he prayed that the Lord would open up his eyes and he looks and he sees that there are more spirit beings around than there are 
those enemy warriors. And it comforts the heart. And I think what we don't often understand or even realize is how God protects us all the time. Leroy, you were in a pretty bad accident, what, a year or so ago? And uh, the Lord preserved you. (laughs) Uh, he, He does. He protects us. But we don't see it. But one day we might be able to acknowledge it. And then in chapter 6, verse 12, it said, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. And here it is, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, and they are in the heavenly places. And we simply cannot see, but we know because the Word of God tells us that they are there. And remember also... When Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in, the, in John's Gospel in chapter 4, and he made this statement to the woman. She was wanting to debate where the right place to worship was. And Jesus said to her, The time is coming, and now is, when you're not going to worship on that mountain or that mountain, but true worshipers will worship me how? In spirit and truth. In spirit and in truth. So that's true worship. The third text that I want to look at tonight is out of Luke's Gospel. In chapter 24, verse 39, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Of course, speaking about the Lord. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. So Jesus was saying, you know, I'm not a spirit. I've got flesh and blood. Touch, put put your fingers here in my palms. Put them in my side and see that I am not a spirit, but I am in flesh and blood. The second thing I want you to understand about the characteristics of demons is this. They possess personality. And uh, when when you say personality, what do you think about people, their personality? When you meet somebody, you kind of do a check. They've got a a bubbly personality. Or they've got a mean-spirited personality. Or, you you know, we kind of do that. But uh, demons have personality and uh, in, in Mark's gospel in chapter 5 verse 10 and it's a story of the Gadarene demoniac and he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country now <clears throat> he begged that don't send them out of the country and then in Luke's gospel in chapter 4 verse 34 saying let us alone what have we to do with you Jesus of Nazareth did you come to destroy us I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So there's personality. And uh, you, you remember the story that uh, in, in, in this particular passage that Jesus cast them out. They went into the swine, ran down into the, to the sea and drowned themselves. But they have personality. And they are also highly intelligent, thirdly. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 29, And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now, they're highly intelligent. They know what's coming. They know what's coming. And uh, when when you think about they know what's coming, uh, it shows you that they possess knowledge, but they also possess foreknowledge of what is going to transpire with them in their lives. And... uh, 
Wouldn't it be terrible to know that you're going to experience eternal punishment? I just can't even wrap my mind around something so horrific. But they know that they are defeated. They're also depraved and cruel. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, And when they had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits, that's demons, to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. They are depraved, they are cruel, they are unclean. And Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verse 27 Then they were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Again, it's speaking of Christ, but they are cruel, unclean, depraved spirits. Fifthly, they possess amazing strength in Luke's gospel, chapter 8. Verse 29, for he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. He, broke, he was bound with these chains and shackles, and he broke them. Can you imagine superhuman strength? It's uh, a few years ago, I, I don't know what all illicit drugs are out there anymore. You hear about different ones. But which one was it that caused you to have superhuman strength? Which one was that? Uh, PC, was it PCP? PCP. And people just do incredible things on PCP. I mean, it's almost like they had superhuman strength. They, again, but you know the, the word pharmakia? That, that's used about drug use and the demonic and it is very dark but they are also organized into a military structure number 6 and uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 we'll see this again but it, it kind of gives you the levels we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities powers rulers of the darkness of this age spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places so Satan is an incredibly bright fallen angel. And he has structured his, his uh, it's kind of like, remember John, the pyramid in the, mil in the military? You'd have, you, 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 the, the commander would issue a phone call and then that phone call would go here and then it would just keep going down further and further and further. And it was called the pyra a pyramid. And and that's kind of how Satan's emissaries work. They, uh, they're, they're, they're very tactful. They're, they're very organized. There's a lot of structure there. And uh, it's kind of like the military structure. And they are confined, number seven, they are confined in their wickedness. Matthew 25, 41. Then he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So, <clears throat> they are confirmed 
in their wickedness. They, they can never escape that. They have no hope of salvation. They have no hope of a different life. But also, I need you to know that they're limited. They're not all powerful as our Lord is. And they are subject to God's power. In Luke chapter 4, 35 and 36. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in the midst, in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed, and they spoke among themselves, saying, what a word this is. For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. Now you remember the disciples were sent out to heal and cast out spirits and they came back and they said, Lord, we, there's some we can't cast out. And, and the Lord said to them, what? Some come out only by prayer and fasting. And... <clears throat> So there's a, there's a lot going on in our world that we don't understand. And there's a lot of demonic activity. So with a little bit longer, probably about another 10 minutes, let's look at demonic activities real quick. With demonic activities, they possess idolatry. And what is idolatry? Worshiping anything that's not God. You're right, false gods. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. What, I am, what am I saying then? That an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Now, that 1 Corinthians 10 passage Jesus is leading up, or Paul is leading up to the chapter 11, which is taking the bread and the cup, talking about his broken body and his shed blood for us. But what we need to understand is, what is the first commandment? In the Ten Commandments. Have no other gods before me. It's the command. You're not to have any other God, not to worship any other gods before me. And in fact, nothing should be before God. Not a human relationship, nothing. God should be first and foremost in our lives. We're going to go back to that Ephesians passage again that we've looked at a couple of times, but we're going to add verse 11. Uh, they extend Satan's power. We don't have it? Okay. I think we had it up there. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. So here, here's what we are to do every single day. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we've already read verse 12, so I'm not going to read it again. But we, we, we are in a spiritual battle. And we always think that our battles are flesh and blood, but it's not. It's all spiritual. And it, it becomes fleshly, but it's motivated by spirit. And we need to be extremely cautious and not be drawn into things. But it happens so easily. So the, the demonic, they extend Satan's power. Thirdly, 
they could cause what appears to be mental disorders. And we see that multiple times in the Word of God. In Luke chapter 9, verse 39, it says, And behold, a spirit seized him. And he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth. And it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. Now, today, we would say that either demonic activity, mental illness, or something. And maybe we attribute too many disorders to the mental illness and it could be spiritual in nature. Don't know. Not, not going that, down that road. But Mark 5 as well. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had legion. And he was sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. And guess what? They were afraid. Jesus, you need to get out of here. You need to leave this area. We don't want you here. And the man wanted to go, but what did Jesus tell him? You go back to Decapolis, which means ten cities, and you tell what good things I have done for you. Uh, just like you said in your prayer, we need to be sharing the good news, the good things he's done to us, for us. Amen? We need to share that. Next, they can inflict physical infirmities. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. You know, we talked a little bit on Sunday concerning the resurrection about the miracles that Jesus did and how many times he did these miracles and still the religious leaders, so many of them, just were unbelieving and they refused to believe even though that he had shown them all of these signs and, and then they continued to ask for signs and Jesus basically at the end of his ministry basically says this, I'll tell you what, you're not going to get any more signs other than this last one. It's a sign of Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. So the Son of Man will come forth after three days and three nights. So you get this last miracle. What, what did... Uh, in Luke chapter 16, you have the rich man and Lazarus, and they both die. They go to opposite places. You have Lazarus goes to Abraham's bosom, and you have the rich man that goes into Hades, and he begs for a drop of water on the tip of Lazarus' finger to touch his tongue because he's tormented in this pain, in this flame. And then you have, uh, you have him saying, I have five brothers. Would you send someone back from the dead to tell them, to warn them? And what does our Lord say in that? Even if one were to do what? Come forth from the dead, they would not believe. And we see that with Jesus' case, don't we? So, <clears throat> we don't need miracles. We've already had the greatest miracle of all, and that's the gift of salvation. Also in Mark's Gospel in chapter 9, verse 25 and 26, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, 
He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He's dead. They also can impart <clears throat> superhuman strength. Mark 5, 4. And we read this, but because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, the shackles broken in pieces, and neither could anyone tame him. But Jesus cast out the demons, the legion, and the man was in his right mind. You know, think about that with me just a moment. A lost person can never be in their right mind. Only after salvation can you be in your right mind. Because when, at the fall, we're all broken, right? We're broken. And it, it's kind of like a Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> All the king's men and all the king's horses couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. And it doesn't matter how many people that we have, psychologists, medical professionals, or whomever, that try to put us back together and make us whole, we'll never be whole without Christ. I'm going to stop right here. Get a little short of breath. Apologize for that. Anybody have anything they would like to add? Yes, ma'am. Uh, unbelievable some of the things that take place alright let's stand Travis would you dismiss us please <clears throat>